Hey there, I'm Matthew Foley and this is ISO Insights, where God's truth grows in the midst of current culture, renewing the mind and spirit. Matt Hare, the editor here at International School of the Word, ISO. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself? I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. Uh, you know, I think whenever you get in this time of more, I, I know that me, I'm just like a lot of people, I have to have coffee to begin to think clearly. So I've given, I've given into that unhealthy cycle. Uh, I haven't, I'm like, there's no resistance in me left. I've just completely surrendered to it. I've, I've Pavloved myself with caffeine. Yeah. Where I, I now associate everything I do with caffeine. You know, I get, really? in, I get into work with <laughs> caffeine. I go to my workout. I go have an energy drink. Oh my so word. It kind of, it has a, it's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. I, but, you know, I've heard there were no negative, necessarily negative side effects to it. I know some people, like, they actually think caffeine's just a sin. I mean, I know that obviously There's some sex and some churches. denominations, yeah. I heard Australia, people in general, Christians in general, don't drink caffeine in Australia. Really? Crazy thing, I heard. Interesting. But anyway, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because we've had so many talks like this, and I think to kick off this whole ISO podcast. It was uh, going through my mind, the catalog of people that would have something interesting to say, something that really would be up to current culture, up to date with everything that's going on in the world. You came right to the top. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, because we've just had so many conversations. But we'll jump in here because we're going to have two episodes with you in this first one about your life, your background, and uh, here the audience may actually be finding out some things about you that I've never heard before. Uh-oh. Yeah, but we'll uh, see. let's go we'll ahead see. and jump it. So, what is uh, what's your background, your upbringing, some so, things yeah, you like to share? How I ended up where yeah. I am yeah. here at ISO. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I was originally um, back in high school. My original plan was to be an engineer. I had worked a lot um, with cars and, and engines, and uh, mm. sort of had that sort of a skill set. Really? Uh, but due to some, some personal issues at home, got in some trouble at home, uh, home life, that kind of thing. Gotcha. And, uh, at school as well. I got really behind in my math studies by the mm-hmm. year of high school. Um, and thankfully, I went to uh, Lee University here in Cleveland yeah. uh, on a full-ride scholarship. So I, I actually had the chance to sort of reset all mm-hmm. that. Uh but by the time I got to college, I was so behind in math that when I was taking my math courses, um, it just it wasn't working out. Really? But I got that full ride scholarship due in part, well, due mainly to my uh, ACT scores. Mm-hmm. And the reason my ACT score was so high is because I got perfect score in the writing and reading portion. Wow. So that got me thinking, well, you know what, maybe this is really more what I need to do. This is more what I'm good at, uh, more wow. what I have passion in. So I wound up switching to... Uh, English and literature, not really knowing what I was going to do with it at first. Yeah. Uh, and then I got involved with the um, the writing department um, in the, the writing lab, which is basically kind of like a tutoring uh, where you help students workshop their papers. Um, yeah. And you said that you were uh, really found that you had a knack for helping people rephrase. and. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, people, I got a lot of repeat uh, it wasn't customers. Clients. I was paid by the school. <laughs> Clients, yeah. Under the table I had people money request me specifically. I had a lot of a lot of popularity, honestly, with the, wow. the writing department. Um, people were uh, in their uh, local schools and their little college departments. They were like whispering the name Matt here. Yeah, yeah. Don't wanna don't wanna toot my own horn there, but I I genuinely did enjoy it. Uh, people seemed to yeah. like what I had to say to them and stuff. Uh, so really, sort of 
led into that was, well, maybe yeah. editing is where wow. I need to go. Well, I don't, I don't think something like that really arises just out of nothing. And there's some interesting things you said there about yourself. So you were interested in cars. I never knew mm. that. Yeah. So you said you actually had a very uh, working knowledge of how long, how early in your life were you that, beginning to that look was, into that? Uh, when I was younger, probably middle school, early high school age, wow. uh, I had tinkered. My dad and I had rebuilt some classic cars, worked on old second-gen really? Camaro, wow. Corvette. Yeah. So you guys were piecing stuff together. Were you buying parts? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, doing the old auto parts and junkyarding and I gotcha. that kind of stuff. So you thought you were going to something more hands-on. Definitely more hands-on. Uh, I had an internship through actually three years of high school at Snap-on Tools. Really? Uh, in the engineering lab. What was that experience like? Oh, I loved it. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I did a lot of, I, I basically it was quality control, mm -hmm. uh, but I worked in the engineering lab under the engineers. So we did all kinds of, you know, some of it was tedious, but some of it was really cool design work where you, you test out the metallurgy of different parts. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed that, and I was really planning on going back there to work really? until college didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> so was it, see, you're telling me you had this thing where you were extremely interested in a job that has some heavy lifting involved to it, where you're moving parts, and it's still mathematical, right? It's yeah. still a very logical job, yeah. but there's a lot of interaction with people, I would assume. Well, maybe uh, if you're not, in the back of the shop, much. maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in the back of the shop, you might just be like, leave me alone. Yeah. All right, I'm going to work on this car that doesn't talk back. You know? yep. Yep. But with, uh, with, with something like that, though, it's so different than editing a document on a laptop. Yeah, yeah it's worlds apart. Um, and... How, what, what, you had that part of your life. What about the part of your life that became this thing of helping people to figure out better ways to word their ideas? Yeah, it, it really, um, you know, I'd always loved writing classes and stuff all through elementary, high school, and all that. So I, I enjoyed writing. I always knew I liked creative writing. I always did that as a mm -hmm. hobby. Um, but I never envisioned that as any sort of career. Until, like I said, I got my first job in that writing department. Uh, yeah. And I later got a freelance job as a as an editor before I, so. Really? Yeah, for a lo small local publishing company. Wow. What was the so. uh, change from this idea of being an engineer to being an editor like in college? Yeah, it was, it was very, I mean, I think a lot of people in college and at that age, you know, 18 to 19, mm -hmm. uh, learn a lot about the world, <laughs> especially when they, they move out for the first time, they sort of see who they are, have an opportunity to sort of see um, what they do when they're alone, yeah. what sort of discipline they can have what their interests really are. Um, so, you know, it was, it was definitely, it was hard in some ways and fascinating in others to sort of come to this new realization of what, uh, what I was good at, what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and definitely, obviously, I believe God played a, a part in that and putting wow. me where I need to be specifically at ISO. Um, wow. Well, let's like, let's talk about something there because you mentioned like, it's not uncommon at all for 18 or 19 year olds to have this sense of, uh, what am I supposed to do? So there's a, an idea that I've dabbled around with. Now, my experience was a, a bit different, I think, than a lot of people because I just, from a very early age, wanted to be a part of something Bible-related, ministry. Yeah. And there are a lot of young people, I think, that actually can relate to that in Christianity, sure. especially in the charismatic world uh, in the last few years. But the idea that when I'm 18 to 22, my purpose in life is just going to float to the surface and I'm going to have this ultimate satisfaction when I step into that as a work or a job. Right. 
Uh, that that doesn't seem to be true at all. No, not for a lot of people, for sure. Yeah, for sure. No, and a lot of people think that that's going to be the case, and then float around for four years at college, or going to trade school, or wow. apprenticing, or whatever, and then yeah. find out, hey, this isn't for me. Yeah, that, so that's unfortunate, but it happens a lot. Fulfillment. Where's that from then? Where's the fulfillment coming in life? Oh, that's a that's a big <laughs> question there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. It's a big question. I, I think. Fulfillment is obviously going to be different for everyone Mm -hmm. uh, and the desires God places in your heart, where he puts you, what he wants you to do. Uh, But, you know, to me, fulfillment comes to doing something that you feel at the end of the day made something better. Yeah. Uh, You improved on, because life's hard, man. You know, everybody's suffering in different ways. Some people a lot more than others. Uh, So, I mean, anybody who sits there and thinks about it for a couple of minutes realizes, man, a lot of weight on my shoulders there's a lot of suffering what's even the point mm-hmm. of getting up you know i think i think a lot of people come across that at some point in their lives yeah so finding fulfillment is really to me finding the reason you get up you know whatever it is you're making better whoever it is that depends on you uh and and you know then once yeah. you sort of have that laid down then you can get into more finite details of what am i good at you know what what can i do that nobody else can do so I think that's different yeah. for everybody. Who depends on you? Someone who depends on you. Well, for me, you know, it's, it's my family. wife and my pets, you know, family. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also the discussion of who depends on me at the office. Wow. You know, who who's relying on me to get my part of the job done so that they can get theirs done. So we have a, a relatively small team here. And so we're all working a lot of different moving parts. Mm-hmm. So if, if I don't come in for a couple of days, I've got people waiting on me for stuff. Uh, and then, of course, then there's our ISO students. They're also relying on that whole team to come get their job done, mm-hmm. and then so on and so forth. So, wow. Well, th- there's two things there too: is uh, relationships, because a lot of our students are obviously overseas. They're somewhere else in the world. So yeah. you have we're managing relationships that have developed a dependency that's developed on the team here, mm-hmm. and technologies created this whole new category of a type of relationship you can have with someone a virtual relationship through the internet yeah uh but let's talk about how you met your wife oh yeah that's That's, right uh, yeah that's something i didn't have (laughs) yeah yeah, we uh we met at the university again um and it was at a uh, i think it was a mardi gras event on campus yeah uh, which, you know, it's a Christian school. So Mardi Gras is not the crazy New Orleans party. Yeah. It was just, uh, you know, free food. It's like highly filtered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very sheltered sort yeah. of a private Christian version of Mardi Gras. Uh, but no, it was it was like a free food event. You know, they had yeah. a... People uh, had masks and popcorn and shrimp, you know. I don't even remember. I think there was a few people dressed up, but it wasn't even... It was... Everybody shows up for the free food when yeah. you're in college. So that's kind of what it was. Uh they're just happy to break away from the usual pizza, you know? Yeah, like that. yeah. And uh, so I actually I had gone with a different girl. Really? Uh, and so we wound up sitting at this large table uh, with some <laughs> other friends, some some fellow dorm mates, and their one guy actually had a girlfriend. Oh, my word. It was my wife, Hannah. It was her roommate. Okay. So okay. I didn't, obviously, okay. I didn't know either one of them at the time. So we were all sort of at this big table. Yeah. The girl I had come with wound up going off to talk to some other guy for a while. And <laughs> I wasn't, it all like, I I wasn't attached to her. There. You know, we weren't anything serious or anything. It was yeah. just like walked there together kind of a thing. Uh, so I struck up a conversation with Hannah. Mm-hmm. And 
didn't think she liked me at all. She was, <laughs> she was very kind of, you know, one word answers to questions. Yeah. I was, you know, trying to, trying to find some common ground. Uh, so I, I didn't get the impression she much cared for me. And I <laughs> just kind of was like, ah, oh, well, I think she's beautiful, but wasn't a whole lot. I was going to, you know, go forward from there. Um, You're just fishing around. So yeah. I'll see if this works. Yeah. And then uh, she wound up adding me on social media. I think it was Facebook. Really? Yeah, knew my name. And so there I knew, you know, I mean, people mm-hmm. add so, people on each other's social media all the time. Yeah. But when you talk to a girl once that you didn't know, she adds you. There's sort of a... Something's going on. Something could happen there. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Oh, this could be something. She. What if she... Especially if she gives you one-word answers. Yeah. Then yeah. you're intrigued. And it, it turned out, of course, that she was just nervous. She liked me right away. I, really? I had no way of knowing that. But, yeah, that's according to her anyway. Wow. So, yeah, we wound up, you know, hitting it off and... It was great. At ISO, we always strive to provide discounts and incentives for our students. Now, we're thrilled to announce our best value ever, the ISO All Access Pass. For just $99 per month, any student can access our entire learning platform. An ever-expanding library of fascinating, groundbreaking teaching at your fingertips for the average price of just one ISO course. There has never been such a prime opportunity to pursue your biblical education. Students in many traditional schools pay $100 to learn every day for every single course. With the All Access Pass, that amount gives you access to our entire course catalog. At ISO, you can learn from world-class teachers on a wide variety of subjects, all at your own pace. With the subscription-based model of the All Access Pass, there are no obligations to put yourself in debt for decades. If you're hungry to learn about the Word, there's never been a better value. That's countless hours of teaching and materials with no limit on how much you can learn. Now, more than ever, ISO is excited to connect the word with the world. Go to isow.org to get started with the All Access Pass today. Now, you guys, I know that when I came in here at ISO, when I started working here, oh, my word, that had to be about, like, 2019 to 2020, whereas yeah. where I was working at office, moved in office. You guys had transitioned from where you were living. And what year did y'all get married? 2016. 2016. Okay. So y'all been married for since I was a freshman in college, actually. Yeah. Wow. wow. So... Uh, Basically, I remember y'all making a, a transition and moving, and I can't remember if that took you farther away from our building here or nearer. Uh, well, I'm trying to think. Yeah, because in 2017, we moved from uh, Ottawa, which was about a, was about a 20 minute drive okay. yeah. down to East Brainerd. Uh, so, for anybody who's not familiar with the local yeah. area, you know. Yeah, you got closer. You got closer. Yeah. There and, we then, go. and then, yeah, in 2020, we moved very close. Yeah. So. Oh, man. So, from that point in college, so 2016, what year did you graduate from Lee, you and Hannah? That was, uh, yeah, that was 2016. Okay, yeah. so same time. All right. You guys, you got done there, and I know that the way that you found yourself here was really interesting. I've heard Dr. Cutshaw talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So how, how was it? What were your occupations from that graduation time? Till you got to ISO. Yeah, so uh, when we graduated, when we got married, I was still doing part-time barista. I was oh, working wow. at a coffee shop You're at the kidding. time. And also freelance editing, I was still doing that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I actually had a really good job offer uh, mm-hmm. in editing, doing what I wanted to do. at uh, It was LifeWay Publishing in Nashville. We, had to, we would have had to move for it. 
Whoa. Uh, but Hannah, at the same time, got a job offer at the school that she really wanted to work with, okay. with some friends she knew. So it was a really good situation. I wound up turning down the job I had so that she could stay here in this area, East Tennessee. Uh, and from there, I wound up just getting a job at a trucking company. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was in dispatch for a while, just kind of hanging out, figuring out what I was going to do next. How was that, the trucker life? Uh, well, I mean, it wasn't exactly work that I enjoyed, but it was it was rewarding in its own yeah, way because you're yeah. doing something very valuable yeah. to the community. <laughs> it's upholding, like, the entire, like, Western world. Truckers yeah. going around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It feeds everything you see on this table. Yeah. was brought here by a trucker at some oh, point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just I asked that briefly. We've had a lot of uh, things going on with truckers recently. It's just a tangent. I thought maybe this could be fun to run down. But it's like, no, you don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I hope people have realized sort of how how valuable that job is, and yeah, they they literally make everything we do run to some level. Yeah. 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 Usually, a stereotypically tough bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a lot of. Yeah. Very hardworking people. A little glance into Matt's build here. He was a trucker once. I just wanted everyone. Well, to know. I wasn't a trucker. I <laughs> was dispatch. What's dispatch. What's the difference between dispatching? I, I worked in the in the office, sort of arranging the, the okay. runs and. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Oh uh, well, so you were keeping the men and women that keep everything running. running. I saw I saw a bunch of numbers on a computer that were people driving thousands of miles. So I, was, I gotcha. I was managing that. You yeah. interpreted and then took care of it. Well. Everyone now knows that I had no idea what dispatch means. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so then you, you were working with this job. Uh, you, your wife had gotten to the job she wanted. Yes. And you ended up transitioning and getting connected with one Brian Cutshaw. So, yes. Yeah, so Dr. Cutshaw, yeah. uh, through, I, I can't remember if it was uh, a part-time employee here at the time or if it was uh, somebody at Lee University, but he reached out. And basically a, a professor from Lee that I knew very well um, and, mm. and had been sort of a mentor to me got me in touch with Brian Cutshaw and said, hey, I know this is the kind of work you wanted to get into. Yeah. Sounds like he's looking for an editor. Uh, so Dr. Dr. B is what we call him here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so he and I wound up getting together. What, what was it like? What were the emotions going through when you actually got that call or text from that professor? Cautiously optimistic. Oh. Because, you know, you, you want... You know, I was looking for a very specific type of job, editing. Um, mm -hmm. there's, no, there's not an editor everywhere. You know, it's not like, you know, something like engineer, which is always <clears> in demand. Um, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I went into it very... You're like, that's that's a thing about you. You've got to have this certain measured... Uh, I don't want to say cynicism. That sounds kind of harsh. <laughs> but it's fair. It's like, yeah, <laughs> cynicism's the word. Uh, but yeah. almost, uh, I wouldn't even call it pessimistic necessarily, hopefully. But I think it's this... Uh, I'd call it realism, but... Real it's this, uh, that's too good to be true, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, but that's like, that keeps you out of trouble in this time because you've got yeah. spam artists, you've got fishers out there that are constantly trying to, to hack people to get their information. No, what's funny is my wife, Hannah, wouldn't tell me I'm too trusting. Really? <laughs> she's she's even like, more cautious than I am. She's like looking at the neighbors like, I cannot believe. She, she doesn't come off like that, but she no. doesn't believe a word anybody says. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So she's, she's playing it cool the whole oh, yeah. time. Well, that's the way to be, though. That's the way to be. Because yeah. you don't want somebody who is trying to deceive you. Oh, yeah. She's to never going to be, she's never going to get fooled. Oh. Yeah. Well, but. I mean, with, uh, with your circumstance, though, when that came through, 
I mean, you're talking about praying to God for something. Like, you know, yeah. here I am. I'm in this job. And this is something that the listener could do well because this is, this is something that in the Bible happens time and time again, which is God, to those that say, you know, I'd like to have a relationship with you, he will uh, allow you from time to time, not time to time, I mean time here and there, but often, if not, you know, I don't know, annually, <laughs> I will put a number on it, but he'll put you in circumstances throughout your life where you have to trust in him. Absolutely. He'll never leave you so overwhelmed by desperation when you're obeying him, but uh, he will put you in circumstances where faith is the only option to find the next step. Absolutely. It looks like there's no way forward. Yeah. And he's got something planned well in advance for you that he already knows. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that happen, like you said, time and time again. And yeah. for you... So, yeah, so so Dr. B basically, I wouldn't say offered me the job on the spot, but was more or less clear. Mm -hmm. He and I had a meeting, a sort of informal interview, uh, and I knew right away um, what what really drew me to ISO at first was he, I, I started asking him questions about what he did and why uh, mm -hmm. and what he liked about where he worked. I, I always, <laughs> I've learned to ask that in interviews, wow. is ask sort of the manager or the interviewer, you know, why is it that you are here? Why is it that you think this is a good place to work? Because I feel like it's a fair you know, question. Halfway through the interview, halfway through the interview, you just lay down an Uno reverse card. Don't I, say a word. <laughs> I think honestly, it's, it seems to be very effective in my experience, yeah. and it gives you a lot of good information. Um, mm -hmm. And in this case, you know what he told me was he left basically being a pastor of a mega church, uh, Twin Rivers out in Missouri. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, very prestigious position there a lifetime of work that he had put in there yeah, from nothing to what it was. For, yeah. He built yeah. up the church from, well, not him, not obviously no, yeah. he, he <laughs> gives credit to the Lord, but obviously he administrated it over incredible growth. Yeah. Um, so he, he let that go because he believed that God was wanting him to start a school. And this was really his, his ultimate passion, mm -hmm. uh, and, and what he really believed in. Um, and so basically he told me the story that, you and I have heard what he'll, I'm sure he'll talk about in his own episode with you. Started this place with nothing but a briefcase full of material. Started teaching courses wow. from there. Uh, so it, it really struck me mm -hmm. that uh, he had a genuine passion for what he was doing here. So I didn't know how it was going to turn out, but I definitely felt like God said, yeah, this is, this is something you need to go forward with. And that took a lot of faith from you, I'm sure. Because you said yes to a job as an editor, and I'm sure there were like promises up front that made it appealing enough where you're like, okay, well, I'll take this. This is kind of a, a situation that I wanted. And that, that I don't know. I'll say yeah. that disclaimer well, real quick. I will say, I mean, <laughs> and you know, just to be honest, it was a pay cut. Ah. Uh, but it, to me, it, was, it seemed like something I really wanted to do. Well, that's um, incredible. And it, was, and it was worth it to me, yeah. Yeah. So that was, you're talking real faith. Oh, yeah. Stepping yeah. out and believing. Well, that's amazing. So the, the, I can say then, you saying that, you must have been someone who, from the beginning, really believed in the purpose of ISO, in what it was meant to be. Yes. And I'll, I'll ask you this real quick. I don't know if I'll get in trouble for this. I don't think I will. Just say it. But uh, when you ask Dr. V those questions, like, okay, uh, what, what is the vision you have for this place? What did he say to you? What was his response? Uh, so, you know, his, his vision was um, he'd always had a passion for training specifically pastors, but basically anybody who didn't have mm -hmm. sort of the same access to, you know, advanced education, people who who were going through their daily lives unprepared, whether in ministry or otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, so that was something he, he was self-taught in a lot of ways, 
worked very hard to get himself through school. Wow. Um, and so he, he really has a passion for, especially international students in countries where biblical education is not available, much less hardly any education at all um, in some places. Uh, and so he really had a passion for how can I equip people who, whether they come out of college and they don't have any real world experience, don't know what to do from there. Yeah. Uh, whether they don't have any college at all, just have a calling um, to work in ministry. Mm-hmm. So really his, um, his passion for that really got through to me. So I could tell he really wanted to teach people wow. the lessons that he learned over a hard life of learning it the hard way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought that was really valuable and he wanted to offer it in as affordable and accessible of a platform as he could, which was this new sort of mm-hmm. idea of online school. That at the time was very novel. Yeah. And what's very interesting about, and I'll say this about ISO real quick. Um, firstly, with the way that uh, Dr. B has it set up or planned it from the beginning, whenever students here in the Western nations, like in the U.S. or in Great Britain, let's say, purchase a course at ISO, uh, you're paying a lot less than you would be paying in a traditional kind of academic atmosphere for that course material. But because of the rate actually that's being paid in these nations, there are places in the world where, like in Africa, and many nations in Africa and that continent, that can purchase it for just $1. I don't know if it goes less than that. It, it, it really depends. It, it was sort of an algorithm we worked out a long time ago yeah. uh, based on cost of living in a lot of different countries. So the goal, the goal being... Uh, you know, ministers earning an average day's wage in so and such and such country. Yeah. What does that look like in comparison to the $100, $150 of an ISO course? Because for some people, that's a month's wage. Yeah. So, uh, but it's reaching them where they're at. It is. Yeah. It is. And, yes, yeah, so in some countries, it's it's pennies on the dollar. And we, we also give a lot of courses away for free and scholarships. Uh, but the reason that we still – obviously, ISO doesn't make a dot hardly anything charging yeah. you know a few dimes for a course it's not about making money mm-hmm. what we have found is charging even a small amount really gets them more invested and then we still offer scholarships if they really need that that's so that's so interesting because that says something about human psychology i, I remember when we were talking about uh in-house conferences here you know i whenever i say oh i hope this doesn't get me in trouble it's not because anybody's really uh, for the most part, going to chew me out over anything. But yeah. I'm like, I just hope I don't say something released here on the internet. Right, that will right. be like a regret somehow, some small statement. We've that got I... an editor if you, <laughs> if you break a law here. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, with uh, things, though, uh, that, that when we're releasing stuff that people can purchase in these nations, this whole idea of something that can reach them where they're at, uh, this idea of the internet, using it in this way, setting up a whole system. None of this was created when ISO was established. Oh, right. Everything's yeah. being discovered along Built the way. Built from the ground up in a lot of ways. Yeah. By God's grace. Yes. <laughs> We're, Absolutely. His, his every guidance every step of the way. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, you know, this was all, this was well before COVID. Uh, and so this was, like I said, a very novel idea, online school. Mm. It was very few places doing that, very few people interested in that kind of thing. It was kind of the cutting edge. Um, wow. And since COVID, I think a lot of people have realized the value of, oh, and I can't get together when I need access anywhere in the world. This is really where a lot of schools are headed. Absolutely. And what is it? I think uh, development for ISO as a basic kind of curriculum, I think that was around 2015, very it's very nascent beginnings, it's, 2016 it's been, for sure. Yeah, I don't, 
I, I wasn't here for the the very start, but it's it's been a, a brainchild of, of Dr. Cutchwell specifically for wow. around a decade almost. Yeah, I, d- I know that, and he, uh, as far as getting it here developed here in Cleveland, Tennessee, getting things rolling, and then getting it developed enough to where, okay, now we actually have something we can launch with. I know it was launched right. in 2018, yeah. uh, and then that's a few years before COVID breakout. You know, yeah. broke out. <laughs> Use the wrong verb tense in front of the editor. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> so nobody knew that the world in a few years would begin to really shift. Somebody towards knew. God knew. <laughs> like like right. God. So see, uh, you nabbed me there. You got me. Like right. right make in, you feel bad. Yeah, yeah. Just a little. Just enough to motivate me. But uh, with that, I know that also. You talked about we had to charge something in these nations because it made people get on board. That's a crazy part of human psychology. Yeah. People, because we've talked about here with uh, in-house conferences. I know there's been a back and forth with, okay, should we offer it free, free seating, or should we charge at least a little bit for it? Because we found that when we charge it, people will come. (laughs) The people who make the reservations will show up if they've paid even $5. Yeah. 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 Which we, we do tend to, we've gone back to sort of the free model of, of in-house conferences. Yeah, and I think it's because we get our base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we have a, a very consistent base of people who show mm-hmm. up.